I am so lucky this week on the show. My friend Sean comes by and we just put the mics up and started hanging out. Uh, he was the DJ at my wedding and we instantly hit it off. Uh, he's a music lover, he plays music, and he's been a DJ for years, so we definitely have a lot in common. So here he is, and uh, I hope you enjoy this. I sure did. We met, how long have you been married now? Oh boy, I better know the answer to that. You should know that because I'm sure your wife's going to be listening and uh, this is important. Well, luckily it's a countdown, uh, so it's easy to remember, 12, 11, 10. Oh, so okay. eight years. Okay, yeah. eight years. Coming up um, on our eighth. One of the things, and that's how we met, was, yeah. was at your wedding. Uh, and I want to circle back to that because I want to have a question about that. Oh. But one of the things I've noticed over the years being a wedding DJ is I always tell them, you know, I have to hand the mic off to the, the best man at some point and have him do a toast. Right. Uh, and I always tell him, hold it like an ice cream cone don't hold it like a martini so you know they hold their mic down by by their belt line and they expect it to pick up and it's it's really not going to do a good job yeah but if you hold it closer to your face it definitely makes a huge difference and once they hear that analogy they're like oh okay cool yeah. i got that and you're right though after they start talking the longer that speech goes on the lower the microphone starts getting uh, one, one time a guy handed me my mic back it was drenched in sweat i have never seen anybody wow. sweat so much from their hands oh man and this guy had no idea he was supposed to talk and he gets up there and he, you know, he actually did a really good job. Yeah, and he must have been sweating balls because when he handed me my mic back, it was literally wet, like it had been an outside overnight in the dew. Oh wow, man! I hope that case like, oh, works. Yeah. Like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so thank God it was an SM58, and those are the workhorse of, of the recording industry. So I just towed it off and disinfected it, and we moved on to the next. Yeah, stage. you could use those for a hockey puck, right? Yeah, yeah, you can put them in a pitcher of beer, um, you know, and and still sing through it. They, yeah, you know, they are as good as it gets. I, I wanted to ask you about your wedding. I, yeah, my recollection, and I so that. That was eight years ago. Um, I had been mm -hmm. in Texas for five years at that point then. Um, we moved from inside. For some reason, we ended up in the back. That's right. And I can't remember, the, but that's when the party started. It's, why did we move? So I think it was because there was a cold snap that hit that night. Oh, and it was it was okay. pretty cold and just on the fly Sean says yeah let's move it inside and you packed up all your gear in okay. like five minutes you know and, and, <laughs> and, and that's the great thing uh, over the years uh, I, well when I lived in California I worked for a guy named Larry and uh, mm. he used to call himself mobile music and I thought, man, that's great because literally you are mobile. I can set up in a phone booth. I can set up on the deck of a boat uh, in, your, in your living room. I can be as big or as small as you want me to be. Yeah. And there's a perfect example. I like to be able to be mobile where uh, it didn't work out in location A, so we switched gears and went to location B, and bingo. I remember the once we moved, then everything started happening Yeah. Uh, just because that little change can mm. make or break a party. Um, especially when people are sitting around and they're uncomfortable. They're yeah. Like, yeah, you know what? I'd rather not have another cold beer because it's 32 degrees out Yeah, right exactly. Now. Um, Yankees are used to that. Um, <laughs> but if you have the right uh, outerwear on, when you're in right. a tuxedo, you're, you're really not shielded. That's uh, true. So, but I remember that specifically about your wedding. <laughs> and I've probably done, God, 10, 15 weddings a year for the last... 15 years. Oh, wow. And that so one stuck out. <laughs> it stuck out. Well, your wedding, just because I knew you won, but yeah. but that moment when we moved, and I remember everyone just grabbed a piece of gear and whoosh, we yep. just moved everything, and, and then all of a sudden the party, you can you can feel a lift. Um, 
I don't drink when I when I DJ. A oh, lot of guys okay. are like, "Hey, I'm going to DJ and I got a free bar tab and I can have all the." You know, that's cool, but um, for me, I like to be in control. And I noticed yeah. that uh, I may have a drink mm, just well, to yeah. kind of loosen up a little bit and enjoy, and especially sure. if I, if they have good scotch or something, I oh, will nice. definitely have yeah. a drink. Uh, but when people aren't comfortable, um, the, the party tends to flatline. And yeah. I'm not there to have a flatline. I'm there to kind of make this thing kind of take off a little bit and take on a life of its own. And if the people are swinging from the chandeliers at the end of the night, even better. They're going to go home and go, oh my God, that was so much fun. Uh, and that's the goal at the end of the night is I tell people too, you can hand out a thousand business cards. Mm-hmm. It's going to get lost in someone's wallet or thrown on the counter or even thrown away for it. But if you do a good job, they're going to say, hey, Brad, who was that DJ you had at your wedding? That's oh, yeah. the guy I want to have back. And People were asking me before that the wedding was over. Yeah. Oh, really? That, one of my buddies from Ohio, oh, <laughs> fellow Buckeye. Oh, I remember that yeah, now. Steve. Yes. Yeah. He's like, oh, who geez. is this guy? He's killing it. Yeah. I said, well, he's a Buckeye, you know. It's well, a- go figure. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'll tell you, I have been so blessed. I'm 52 years old now. I've been DJing since 1988. So how many years is that? Almost Ooh, four yeah. years. How did you get started? Um. Well, funny story. So I'm, I'm living in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh-huh. I'm trying to go to college. My mother worked at the university, so I got to go to school for free. What a blessing. And wow. as an adult, yeah. now I look back. I was horrible at school, Brad. I, was, <laughs> I ended up not not doing well, but I worked in a local bar there on, uh, on campus. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was behind the bar, and on Fridays and Saturday nights, the DJ would come in early. And about that first hour, every, you know, people were filtering in. So he played a lot of stuff that really wasn't danceable or popular. Yeah. He would play like the oddball stuff just because he could. And we had this, at the time, this big Bose system with two huge subwoofers, which was unheard of at the time, and we were spinning vinyl. And because uh, remember, this is this is like 87, 88. So okay. CDs weren't out yet or just barely, just maybe. barely. Yeah. yeah, not a we popular thing. We didn't even have it. We were still hauling milk crates uh, <laughs> nice. in and out. So uh, he would come up and, and the DJ's name was Eddie, great friend of mine. Uh, he would come up and uh, we got to talking about music. And I'd say, well, you know, you played that song, but why don't you play this one? And we go, yeah, great idea. And so we just kind of found a kinship um, oh, nice. with music. Yeah. <clears throat> and over time, um, we, we figured we were on. The, we found we were on the same wavelength yeah. uh, with things, and as time went on, uh, he one time had to do a wedding, and he wasn't going to be at the bar until nine. So that left me the first hour, oh, and wow. so he taught me how to push the buttons, and he gave me some an hour's worth of music, you know, two hours, and he taught me how to. When you're broadcasting loud, like you can goof, you can make mistakes on your home stereo and not have any problem. But when you're broadcasting loud and there's people listening, that's when you really have to be careful and get things right. You know, you want to yeah. make sure your songs start properly and stop properly. So that's kind of how it started. I did, wow, I did an yeah. hour one night in a college bar, <laughs> and then it turned into uh, I started covering him on nights. He started taking on more weddings, and then I would do Thursday night or Friday night, whatever, and just kind of eased into it from there. Yeah, that's and then moved to California, and then I started doing it there. So I moved to California. I've got yeah. some experience pushing the buttons. Um, I was twenty-five, maybe, and we were DJing high school reunions. Oh wow! Of fifty-year reunions. So oh, wow. I'm so I'm now DJing. I'm a young guy. I'm dealing for people in their sixties and seventies, and I think that was really one of the things that I found with myself that I was very good at was I can get along with the cowboys. I can get along mm. with the bikers i can get along with the top 40 girls uh i can get along with the older folks that want to hear you know i can find something 
being a DJ is pretty unique. You have an arsenal, and your job is mm. to make people happy and make friends. And so if I can make the 70-year-old guy happy and also make the seventh grader happy, that's really a magical thing. Is yeah. that everyone walks away and goes, so you know what? That guy, he did a nice job. He, he played what I asked. He, he, he found a way to have me be excited and happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, my biggest problem is people ask for a song that I just can't. I can't work with. They'll come up uh, and say, hey, can you play Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult? And I'm like, <laughs> true story, it happened one time. Oh, yeah, a can great you, song. Uh, yeah, but yeah. not at your sister's wedding. <laughs> so the trick then is is she comes up and she thinks I can actually do this for yeah. her. And I'm like, sweetheart, I can't. There's no way. But how about this? And so you kind of flip it on them. Yeah. And now they're, you find something to do for them. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm there. Uh, I'm a, a human jukebox and I want to send, it takes guts for someone to come up across the dance floor, ask for a song. Yeah. Uh, they could just sit there and kind of take what I'm giving out. Yeah. But for them to want to be involved and have a piece of this reception, they'll come up and ask for something. And I want to send them away with something. Yeah. Uh, not go away empty handed. Like, you know what? That guy was a jerk. You wouldn't play a ball. I will send you away with, we're going to, between you and me, we're going to find something I can play for you yeah. and that you're going to leave with and you're going to be happy and I'm going to be happy and it fits. Mm, um, yeah. There's nothing worse than playing some horrible song and it just kills your dance floor. And right. Like, oh, clears the room. Oh my God. I, I worked so hard to build all this momentum and then boom, it's over. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, back to square one. Yeah, you know, and it, it literally is work. Yeah. You've got to build it up. Exactly. You have to find what people want to hear mm -hmm. and you've got to find what what works for this particular group and once you find that you kind of stay with it for a while and you get them out there and you break them down a little bit mm -hmm. um, and then after a while the 17 year olds are dancing with the 90 year olds and the cowboys are dancing with the bikers and everyone's you know there has found that common ground and that's really the uh the goal back in the old days how old are you uh 44 oh you're yeah. you're young man. <laughs> uh back in the old days it was hey we're the metalheads and we only listen to anthrax and metallica and slayer and right you know we're the we're the we're the rapper guys and we only listen to run dmc mm -hmm. and you know what all that kind of stuff and it's been beautiful over as the last 30 years people you got cowboys listening to hip-hop and you've got heavy metal guys listening to classical and yeah. there's no more boundaries and i think that is such a a beautiful thing it's not us and them anymore it's, yeah. it's we and the ear likes what the ear likes exactly um yeah you know if you like something you like it. and if you don't uh, right you don't. and it doesn't matter if it's hip-hop or top 40 mm -hmm. uh a country whatever I spent my morning, so I, I, I am going to come clean on some things here. I it's confession have, uh, time. It's confession time with <laughs> with Father Brad. Um, forgive me, Brad, for I have sinned. So the birds, the band, the, the oh, birds. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I was reading the Chronicle this morning, and there was an article in there about the album Sweethearts of the Rodeo. Mm, yeah, I have never listened to that, and I uh, thought it was the birds. You know, turn, 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 and the hippie crap and the yeah. twelve strings. And uh, so, I, it, what what hooked me into that was. Um, Marty Stewart is a country guitar player. Oh, yeah. He's and really good. He, extremely. And so yeah. that was kind of like my in uh, to this. So I said, all right, I'll give this album a spin. I must have played it over four times today. Oh, Just wow. had it on repeat. And I go, here I am, 52 years old. That came out in, what, late 70s, early, mid-70s. That sounds right. I yeah. missed that. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I had my own preconceived opinion about the birds. <clears throat> I, I chose to not go there. And here I am. I rediscovered it. And, man, what a... I think that is really one of the the neat things about music is that 
you can hear something once and you pass on it, but if yeah. it comes by a second time, you might be in a different frame of mind. Absolutely. Go, well, yeah. this is really good. I'm still discovering things by the Rolling Stones. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. That everyone has had and it's been out for hundreds of years and you're like, uh, you know, everyone's been buying. Did you have a friend growing up used to give you mixtapes? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Okay. Um, I think going to college, uh, a friend of mine went to Kent State and uh-huh. when, you, when he went to Kent State, you had this mixture of all these different people and they brought jam bands and some people brought country and I that's where I first saw this this connection where people got you know my, my friend Brad was a big Rush fan oh and yeah. so he turned people on to Rush and mm. they turned him on to Fish and you know everyone started sharing ideas what did people share with you that you said oh my god this I need this I love this I how do I how have I lived without this so far yeah I, I ran into this guy back in the early 90s that uh, he was huge into uh, the Flaming Lips, and at the time I only knew them by you know their hit. It was uh, "She Don't Use Jelly." <laughs> it's a <Okay>. silly song, <laughs> but um, it's one of my favorite bands now. Wow. They, they're just this weird experimental rock band from uh, Oklahoma, <laughs> and uh, they just. I mean, it's bizarre that they're on Warner Brothers records because they're so odd. Really? Um, but I would have never really given them a chance had I not uh, met this guy, Grant, you know, back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's, it's I would say 90% of my musical collection or, you know, vocabulary is because of friends. Really? You know, Interesting. Uh, my friend Scott, his father turned me on to Bob Dylan. You know, because that's an easy one to pass on, like you're talking I, about. I'm the same way. I and I again, I'm coming clean to Father Brad here, but I have never <laughs> been a huge Dylan fan. I respect the man. Yeah, I've made several passes at it, and I'm just not. I just it doesn't hit me. Yeah, but every once in a while, something will hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was listening to. So here's another good example. I'm watching Thursday Night Football a couple years ago, and I am a huge fan of when they cut to commercial. And there's a 10-second snippet of a song. Oh, yeah. And then they go into commercial. I am, I love that. And I love playing that game where I know that song. Yes. And if you watch, <laughs> if they're playing in Boston, they'll play things by Jay Giles or Aerosmith. You know, people that are popular from Boston. Or yeah. if they're in New Jersey, they'll, you know, wherever they're at, Florida, they'll do Tom Petty, whatever. Um, and I heard a snippet of uh, a song by Oasis. I didn't know what it was, and it, but it hit me like a huh. lightning bolt. Yeah. So beauty of now and now this, this day and age I went up and rewound the TV and held my phone up to it and go yeah. Siri what song is this oh wow and it comes up and she says it's rock and roll star by Oasis and I went huh yeah I missed this so here I go again that little thread mm-hmm. now I'm at Goodwill cherry picking all the Oasis CDs at yeah. two bucks a piece <laughs> plowed through the whole connection loved it bought the book I, I don't know how I missed Oasis I mean I know yeah. Part of being a DJ is knowing the singles that are out and what's popular, sure. but to dig deep. Yeah. That's where the magic is for me nowadays. Yeah. Well, I think Oasis, at least for me, um, they turned me off a bit in the beginning because they came out saying that they were better than the Beatles. Of course. I don't right. think they really believed that, but at the time when I heard that, I said, to hell with these guys, you know? <laughs> see, see, right <laughs> off the bat, you were turned off. That, yeah. That one statement, and boom, they lost Brad yeah. right there. But then I go back to them sort of objectively, and I say, you know, these guys, they weren't better than the Beatles, but they're a solid band. Well, it, it, and it's interesting the similarities between the Lennon and McCartney thing that those two brothers That's put together. That's very true. The harmonies and even their haircuts and the little round glasses. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they were kind of like the Rolling Stones 
to the Beatles. You know, yeah. they were that bad boy, but they took so much from the Beatles, and you can hear oh, yeah. it in the music. But again, uh, just that little 10 second snippet on Thursday Night Football, and there I'm like, go. I went down the wormhole, you know, <laughs> and uh, I, I loved it. And yeah. So uh, tell me about a song that you've heard first time and you were like oh my god what is that i i need that right now oh man i, I know i'm putting you on the spot i've got a couple yeah. that and i I've, I've had time to think <laughs> about this where the, uh, i saw bruno mars on saturday night live oh, with wow. mark ronson when they did uptown funk for the first time oh okay blew me out of my seat i'm like i bought it the next day yeah and it is rare nowadays for something to be so I'm cheap. I don't yeah. like spending full price on music. Oh. I will if I have to. But right, to, yeah. But that hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, these guys are fantastic. This yeah. is amazing. Went out and bought the album next day, and of course, three of the songs were great, and the rest of them were like, eh. Oh, really? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could have bought the three singles at a dollar a piece. I ended up spending yeah. eight bucks for the whole album. But but there again, it just hit me like a lightning bolt. Uh -huh. like, wow, this is this is awesome. Yeah. I guess the last time that happened to me was Jake Bug. He's this new kid from the UK. Hmm. And I I heard a song from him called Two Fingers. And he sort of got that Donovan uh, sort of uh, sound to his hmm. voice. And it just pulled me right in. And awesome. Yeah. Isn't that amazing how it's that moment... It, it, whatever that artist set out to do yeah. connected with you and not in a curvy line it was a beeline right to your brain yeah and the everything exploded and you're like i love this i want more yeah and i think that's the goal of every musician <laughs> absolutely uh, yeah. is to connect like that but here's the the flip side i find myself feeling guilty about um i have an ipod with forty thousand songs on it wow <laughs> and so uh, i hit shuffle and i make myself listen to new things yeah i get stuck in my bon jovi and judas priest albums and you know i want to break out of this and find something new and uh -huh. i have things that i uh, need to find yeah so uh, i'm on shuffle and uh, I find great things all the time that I have. Uh, the Gin Blossoms. So oh, let's yeah. go back to the oh wait, that time period. Yeah. I, I think I was doing country in the 90s, and I really wasn't paying close attention to Top 40. But the Gin Blossoms have a song called Memphis Time Oh yeah. that I discovered the other day. I'm like, this is fantastic. Yeah, they were, I think, an underrated band. Very much so. Well, I think they were probably both underrated and overrated at the same time because they got a few radio hits. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah. And they did really, really well. But yeah. some of the best songs on the album, like it is with a, so many bands, uh, was weren't released as singles. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And digging deep into that catalog, you know, they only had three or four albums out that I could think of. Yeah. But I found Memphis Time, and I found I found a song called Cheatin', and I'm like, these are really, really great okay. songs. <laughs> that Cheatin' song, and, it's like all country, right? So yeah. then I'm okay. So then I look at myself and go, Sean, why do you like this? And mm -hmm. here I'm figuring out it's that. Uh, that slide guitar, that Bakersfield oh, kind yeah. of sound, I think. And yeah. I'm like, okay. So I'm learning about myself. Huh. Uh, and that goes back to the Sweethearts of the Rodeo. It has that same kind of okay. honky-tonky. I'm like, huh, you like heavy metal, and here you are liking this uh, <laughs> steel guitar with uh, the birds. and the, you know. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that hit me like a ton of bricks, man. I, I heard that song Memphis Time for the first time, and my head exploded. And I'm like, how did I miss this? Yeah. Uh, first time through. Um, another song that comes to mind. Do you know Mayor Hawthorne? Yeah, yeah. Actually, heard, you told me about him a few. Did years I? Okay, ago. good. I did yeah. my job then because. <laughs> I, so I'm driving to work one day and I'm or home and I'm listening to NPR uh -huh. and I heard this song called "The Walk." Yeah. And it same thing. Beeline right to my cerebellum and it exploded. I'm like, I love this song. 
So then I started digging a little deeper, and he does uh, like a retro soul kind of thing. Yeah. But that song, right out of the gate, hit me. And so I'm glad I did my job oh, and man. shared that with you because yeah. um, I think that's the mixtape in the old days. I mm -hmm. say, hey, Brad, check this out. And, yeah. And I really rely on friends telling me stuff. Like Jay Bug is who you had mentioned, right? Yeah, Jake. So, Jake, Jake Bug. Bug. So yeah. I'm going to go home and I'm going to check that out. I'll probably like do it. it on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I used to trade back and forth that USB key, the conj. Oh, <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Oh, man, I've got so many songs from your catalog. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. That was like our uh, version of file sharing, right? Right. It was the modern day mixtape. It yes. was the thumb drive, and then you add some. And, um, That's right. We had done a thing. I, I, I love putting it out on Facebook or where I'm with a friend. I say, what are your 10 or 5 Desert Island albums? Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. and, and I really, when people write things down, if I see it three or four times from different people, I'm like, okay, I need to give that a spin yeah um do you have you heard of jeff buckley oh yeah yeah so his album grace mm. i have been trying to embrace that for years i, I have a copy of it and every once in a while i'll put it on a list and it just doesn't take it, huh? it, it doesn't take but this last time it started to take yeah um i was listening to the song hallelujah yeah and i'm like god everybody raves about this and i'm just not getting it and i think i'm starting to get it okay. so uh, yeah. you, you know i'm staying with it based on recommendation from other people like right. you uh, or friends that it means a lot to yeah. is to you know stick with it and if it means enough to them to put on their list of top five albums if you're on a desert island yeah i need to be diligent and give it give it a spin yeah well you know with the with jeff buckley it didn't really uh, connect with me until i saw a recording of him playing live and really? the guy was a phenomenal guitar player. Um, and I think sometimes I have to see someone play a guitar to really appreciate what they're doing with it. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, it, it, he kind of melted my face off after <laughs> I saw that. Uh, I forget which uh, DVD it was. There's a few, but well, a small, vignette, intimate venue. Your job is to share because That's uh, true. Again, yeah. I, 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 I'm starting to nibble at the bait and I want more. So okay, I'm ready for I'll, the, I'll find the, the big gulp. recording yeah. there. But I, I am. Leonard Cohen is another one. Um, oh, yeah. I, I hear the name repeatedly, and I've tried, and mm -hmm. I'm just not. I'm, I'm not getting it. Um, yeah. Another one is the Avet Brothers. Um, really, not, I have a friend not up in, into them. I, I just don't get it. I, yeah. I have a wonderful friend up in Minnesota, and she passes down bands to me every once in a while. Yeah, and uh, she got me hooked on this guy named Butch Walker. Who, uh, who, in fact, I mean, that's your homework assignment. Yeah, Butch Walker. Never heard of him. Um, I gotta put that down. He's more of a producer. Um, he was a musician on his own, but he uh, does stuff. Did stuff for Avril Lavigne and Pink and Weezer. Oh wow! And so he's a big time producer. Um, but he has his own music, and when he comes to town, I adore this guy. I mean, I, I bought his book. I have all his okay. albums. I know his life story. Um, he just lost his home up in Malibu. Well, oh. he, his home survived. He lost everything else on his lot. Oh my god! But a great yeah. guy in. Um, so that, I'm going to pass that one on to you. Is, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring you a disc. I'll bring it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that works. <laughs> That's how it should be. You know, here's here's uh, of his. He, you know, and he's probably got seven or eight albums. But here's ten songs. Yeah, give this a spin. Tell him what you think. And he's a wonderful live showman too. You had mentioned Jeff Buckley live. Yeah. Um, when I see Butch Walker live, those songs are stuck in my head for days. I really have to temper myself on how much pre-concert listening I do uh, because once I get there it is like oh, it's in my head and it won't go away for days and days and days and days yeah. and days and so um, what's the last show you went to that just really moved you oh wow you know what 
I see a lot of shows. Yeah. I see everybody from Rick Springfield to Iron Maiden, and I love everyone and everything in between. Um, I saw Butch Walker at South by Southwest two years ago, and I literally felt myself letting go of everything that was bothering me. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't a long... And it, Sounds like the 60s, man. I was like floating above my body. Uh, but literally, I was so euphoric. Uh, I was enjoying myself so oh, much that funny. I literally let go of, of every problem I had and everything that was bugging me and, the, mm -hmm. and everything that was weighing me down. And I actually felt myself kind of rise up a little bit. Yeah. And it was really cool. Um, I have maybe experienced that once or twice in my life where yeah. everything just melts away. And people talk about that uh -huh. happening, but I literally felt it. It was really cool. So him live. Yeah. Um, but I see a lot of shows. Uh, I just saw Rick Springfield a couple weeks ago. Oh, but and he that was, was fantastic. Yeah, still got it, huh? Sixty-eight years old, and this guy's still killing it. That's that's great. Um, you know, and the girls are all going crazy. <laughs> Took off his jacket, and all the girls squealed. And he does this thing where he has like a dozen roses, and he he does a Pete Townsend windmill, and he'll hit his guitar strings with the roses and the petals. Oh. You know, very. It's it's very dramatic, and if you yeah. catch that on a camera, it's really a, a incredible shot. Well, he did it four times, and so like, okay, okay, you know, you didn't have to break all four dozen roses four times. You know, at four the first one would have been like everyone's waiting for it, and yeah. you do it, and it's like yeah, everybody goes nuts. Yeah, after like the second time, maybe it's yeah, it loses like, the okay, effect. two, and then he went to three and four. And, yeah, and maybe that's just his tribute. You know, girls will bring him roses and lay him up on the stage. And he's maybe. like, well, the least I can do for this poor girl that stopped at H-E-B and bought me roses is to <laughs> smash them with my guitar. Uh, you know, maybe he's maybe he's doing them a favor. Oh, my God, he broke my flowers. I'm so blessed. Well, at least he's not breaking <laughs> guitars. Uh, True. That always That's... kills me. Um, the only person I think that was allowed to desecrate a guitar was uh, Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix, yep. And, and Pete Townsend. Um, I am not a fan of purposely destroying inf instruments. Um, yeah. It's, you own guitars, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't like this road-worn look that's out. Oh, where people really? will take a grinding wheel and just start oh. chewing up the top of a guitar. Like and purposely make, Yeah, and it, it looks up. purposeful. You uh, know, right. It, you know, it, it, it's too planned and, and, and premeditated, and I want this new guitar to look old. Yeah. I'd rather have a guitar that's been dragged behind a car and run over by a bus and <laughs> yeah that's a legitimate you know every nick and crack in a guitar is part of a story that's true i yeah. used to i used to wander around the house when i was a kid playing a guitar and i would bump into doorways and there was a little ding here and there and, yeah uh that was that was part of the beauty of it you can't sure. you can't manufacture that yeah you can't manufacture aged and old and beauty and that that old look yeah it's it's too esoteric. It's skin deep. It's mm -hmm. you know some guy on a grinding wheel, you know, nicking it up and yeah. chipping it up and man. trying to make it look like Willie Nelson's guitar that he rescued exactly. out of a fire. You know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I, I don't know where the uh, what's the word I'm looking for. I don't know where the request from that came from. I think yeah. people saw, well, I'm going to modify my guitar to make it look old. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, but then it started being mass produced, done by Fender and. And oh, Gibson, wow. you know, they start beating up these brand new guitars and hanging them on brand new on this on the thing at Guitar Center. It's like, come on, man. Uh, yeah, you know. it takes away from the you know the appeal. You know, it does. Put your own nicks in it. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Wander around the house with your guitar and 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 put some dings and some dents there you in go. it yourself and, and age it. Um, I have a white <laughs> Olympic white Stratocaster that's beautiful, and Ooh, I had a yeah. sticker on it for a while, uh -huh. and so the. 
sticker's been on there for about 10 years. And so uh, it's kind of not a nicotine stain, but it's starting to get a little yellowy, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I peeled the sticker back and it was pristine. White. Oh, it's all white. And yeah, underneath there, and I'm like gleaming. Oh, right. So I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have a, you know. But there again, that's part of the story. Exactly. You know, yeah. Um, I've, I've, I like that. You need to spend time with your instrument. You mm. need to s- spend those nights wood shedding and and letting it. Yeah. You know, I, I have. As I've gotten older and the kids have gotten older, I'm safe to leave a guitar out all the time. When they oh, were younger, uh, they would walk up to it with peanut butter hands and, you know, <laughs> yeah. touch the strings and bring. Oh, yeah. And, and you, you know, everything was out to. Uh, one of my kids' great story is that they used to think that the tuning pegs needed to be all lined up. <laughs> that makes and that, sense. And that's yeah. how dad wanted it. So so it would be sitting there and they would go up and, and every single tuning peg would be lined up perfectly straight. And I'm like, okay. Uh, we're out of tune again, and we have peanut butter all over the uh, the low strings. But now that they're older, I always leave it out. And, oh, that's and great. Sometimes I like to play, and sometimes I'll go weeks and weeks and weeks without playing. Yeah, but it's always there. It's like an old friend. Right now, um, do you have friends that you play with or you jam? You know, I I have a very good friend uh, named Bob, and. Mm-hmm. He is my musical. He's my Joe Perry to Steven Tyler. Uh, he's my uh, Keith and Mick. You know, he's right. Yeah. Uh, he and I see things eye to eye, and yeah. I love. We're just, we're just, we we fit right together. So, uh, I enjoy playing. But we both have jobs and two sure. jobs and sometimes three jobs, and yeah. it's hard to get together. But absolutely, but yeah. we try to find the time. Uh, it's almost like that. a marriage when you find that special uh, music someone. Yeah, and, <laughs> and very well put. And I want to build around that. Yeah. So I've met Bob, and Bob is fantastic. I mean, he doesn't realize how good he is. Hmm. And I'm sometimes playing, and I just look over at him yeah. I'm like holy cow where'd that come from and he goes what Bob <laughs> that's, that's amazing <laughs> can you do that again and then I'll start doing my thing over top of it yeah. but I he's someone I like to collaborate with and we'll just sit around and pick and, and try and invest some but I want to build on that now I want to find another like musician mm, yeah. you know Brad Brumley it could you know, be who knows it could yeah. be lightning in a bottle <laughs> um, we're going to have to start off with David Bowie song and move from there <laughs> right I yeah. still have a copy of that oh yeah I still do <laughs> um, but yeah what a what a neat thing I, I know why bands are dysfunctional um, oh yeah I know why bands blow up and don't get along um, oh yeah because I listened to your podcast uh, about the, uh, the the college band you were in, where you guys oh, weren't yeah. the best musicians, but you're all brought in drinkers. Yes, and if I'm a bar owner, that's exactly what I want. That's all they care I'm here about. to sell beer. <laughs> um, that's why I have this bar. The music is secondary to yeah. me selling booze. Oh, so, exactly. Uh, that was a great, 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 great story. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, what kind of music were you guys doing? It was, I guess, Americana to say. You know, we we ripped off a lot of like uh, Uncle Tupelo and Wilco. Okay. You know those kind of bands, uh, Jim Blossoms. You know, yep. um, stuff like that. Um, and and they that was my version, and the two other guys had their sort of you know influences in on it. That's what makes it great, right? Is yep. that you bring these people from all di- different backgrounds, and you create something which the sum is uh, more than the parts. Absolutely, you know, as they say. Absolutely, you you you've 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 stuck four or five things together, and you've created a brand new one. Yeah, um, uh, just like a, a a football team or a DJ at a wedding. I've. I've seen a, a wedding reception take on a life of its own. I've created that. Yeah. They created that. We created this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it now it's its own thing. Like, hey, remember the Brumler reception? Oh, man. That's like its own thing now yeah. because of me and you guys and 
Terry Lucero and all your other oh, guests, yeah. you know, that got together <laughs> and you know, your buddy from Ohio. We created that. Yeah. That that memory or that legend. I, I, I'm really uh, I, I would I want to have a band that gets together twice a month. Yeah. And the great thing about being an adult and doing this is that everyone has decent equipment. Right. Uh, and they also uh, can go learn their part. They understand the importance of not wasting time. When exactly. I was a young man, it was like everybody just sits in a room and plinks and plucks around and, you know, figuring yeah. out how to play a song. Everyone do your homework. We're going to meet Thursday night at 8, and everyone knows their parts, and boom, let's go. Yeah. And let's let's get a head start on making the magic happen. Absolutely. Rather than just uh, fiddling around. And when you're younger, you have the time to do that. Right, yeah. You know, let's just jam for 45 minutes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> actually, we only got an hour total, so <laughs> let's, yeah, let's but, get down to business. <laughs> when everybody has kids, though, and you're only meeting up twice a month, you got to make that time it's count. It's precious. Yeah. It, it really is. And as, as you get older, to it's so important to find time to do that, especially when uh, it makes you happy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've had times where I've played for three, four hours with people, uh, and I come home and I'm like buzzed. It is yeah, a, it your is adrenaline a, is just yeah, flowing. It, yeah. it, it's a beautiful feeling, and my wife can tell it too. I have a spring yeah. in my step, and it's like the, you know, I'm standing a little taller, and uh, right, yeah, you know, I got that out of my system. Man, it feels good. To, oh yeah, just to do that. And it, again, when you're creating magic, it's even more so. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to go out and just play loud because that's that's fun too sometimes. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, but to play loud and actually create something cool, yeah. That is. Now, were you a band nerd back in like high school and, and that stuff? You know, I was. Uh, I played French horn when I was in middle school. Okay. In high school. And yeah. when you, I, I, I didn't, I didn't aspire to be a French horn. <laughs> but when you got uh, into the marching band, you couldn't march with a French horn. So I yeah. switched over to trumpet. So I kind of learned the basics of music there. <clears throat> so I'm in elementary school third or fourth grade they were having a talent show it had to have been fourth grade because school was ending so for some reason I thought I could play guitar and so I signed up to be in the talent show I actually stayed after school signed up on my own and ended up walking home from school like a mile in fourth grade now this is 1975 six seven so it wasn't crazy and yeah we didn't call abc news because of that back then right yeah <laughs> but i had no idea how to play and for whatever reason i thought i'm going to learn how to do this for yeah. the talent show and sure enough i did but huh. i don't know what the hell got into my head it's <laughs> like you know what i'm gonna play uh in the talent show and i'm gonna play guitar <laughs> <laughs> that's no great yeah. Yeah. yeah were your parents musical or um i was my father was a drummer okay uh and my mother uh was a piano player we were little kids she used to send all three of us upstairs to bed and she'd sit downstairs and play uh, play piano for a while and we'd say hey play boogie woogie again and she'd so she kind of serenade us to sleep but my dad uh taught me how to listen to music like like a producer he'd say do you hear that bass line and i'm like what he do you hear that you know whatever yeah my dad taught me how to listen to a song and all that stuff that's going on in there and pluck out one th- do you hear that hi-hat yeah like what are you talking about and train your ear to listen um i love that to this day that my father passed that along to yeah. me is to be able just to close your eyes and hear that specific part right uh, yeah i've taken that one of my favorite albums of all times is the the uh, matchbox 20s first album i oh, love yeah. that album i love the tones and i love the arrangements and yeah everything. it's well produced for sure I, production exactly yeah. and it's recorded well mm-hmm. and i love putting that all on I've, I've spun that 
a thousand times and I still listen for every little guitar plunk or a little organ in the background real subtle that you can't really hear it up front you really gotta train your ear to go in and listen for yeah. it but and that's what my father passed on to me uh, was how to listen to that music and he had you know he listened to Rod Stewart and he listened to uh, the Eagles and Paul McCartney and Wings and oh, yeah. kind of that stuff so I had a in Chicago oh wow uh, so, so you I had a very good introduction to very, music very much so yeah. uh, in fact I think that's one of the things when I was a younger DJ people would say oh you know who so and so is I'm like oh, of course everyone knows you know Rod Stewart's third album was blah 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 well, you're such a young man, and you you know old people stuff. So, <laughs> so again, breaking down those walls at re at receptions or at parties with older folks, and, yeah. and they're like, oh, maybe this guy's kind of cool. All right, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, and 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 let, music is a great thing in common. I find myself starting conversations if I'm. Uh, hanging out with someone in their 20s I'll say what are you guys mm. listening to nowadays you know yeah. that's the common thread for me um, not politics or not work or anything like that it's music what do, what do you guys yeah. listen to nowadays and same with the older folks um, yeah because there's a lot of great music that I have not heard yet that they are kind of bogarting and now I want that mixtape from yeah. an old guy <laughs> just like I want it from a young guy too absolutely yeah uh, but having the, the ability to connect with younger people uh, mm -hmm. I think is important I'm double people's age sometimes when I'm doing their wedding reception yeah yet I'm there for them as a young couple but I'm also there for their parents and their older guests too so I'm yeah. kind of still been able to stay relevant you're like the uh, Rosetta Stone thank for you music you know? compliment yes, yes. <laughs> hey speaking of stone I, I wanted to compliment you on I, I went through your podcast one of the lines that jumped out at me was you said Aliens are like granite. Do you remember saying that? Oh, yes, yeah. I wrote that down because I thought that was uh, very prophetic. Oh, thank Not you. Not pathetic, <laughs> prophetic, like you're a prophet. It's a fine line. But aliens like granite. And I thought, Brumley has nailed it again. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm sure that I stole that somewhere. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, I, yeah, but, it, you know. If, I'm going to let you have credit for okay. it until you find it. it otherwise. <laughs> it, 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 I heard it, you heard it from you first. <clears throat> well, no, I appreciate that. Uh, thanks, thanks for listening. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're very welcome. Um, I think the day you stop listening to other people, and mm. the day you stop growing, and the day you stop wanting to learn and change, people say, "Well, I'm grown up, and this is how yeah. I am." Say, so, oh, that's that's cool, but you shouldn't ever be complacent. Yeah, uh, it, it, no one's perfect, and therefore you should be continuing to grow, whether it be musically or book knowledge or or college or yeah. work, you know, you want to, this constant quest for knowledge keeps people young. Absolutely, um, yeah. When you think you've got it all figured out, you actually have a whole lot more problems than you realized. Yeah, well, that's interesting because you don't really, in my opinion, look 52, did you say? And uh, Especially I, on a radio, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you, I try not to. Uh, but I think part of that is just mentally staying open like you do. You're absolutely right. Um, I, I want to know what the kids are listening to. I have a, a young daughter that mm. uh, listens to top 40 rap and I'm not a big fan of it, but I listen to it. <laughs> yeah, you listen I, to it. And... I, I'm taking a pass and here again, you know, run it through your ears and after a while, um, when I get asked for these things at parties, they think I'm the coolest guy in the world. Oh yeah, she's uh, keeping you hip. Exactly, so <laughs> yeah, exactly, she's keeping me relevant. Uh, but the music 
has kept me young and thank yeah. you very much it's quite oh, a compliment yeah. um i i don't ever want to be stuck in 1984 because it's real right. easy to do that like oh I said, sure I, I get stuck with my bon jovi records and my judas priest and all right this is where i'm at and this is right who. it's like no there's you know dig deeper yeah uh, yeah take but, another pass into jeff buckley and the avet brothers and, uh, get, get young yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so true yeah um you were talking about the desert island. What are what are some of your albums you'd take? Wow. Okay. Um, I just did this. I do this a couple times a year. Yeah. Uh, I would take Matchbox 20's first album. Mm, yeah. Um, I would take Bruce Springsteen Born to Run. Ooh. I think it's one of the most. There's another album that I have picked apart. Yeah. And I love the documentaries that are coming out now, where they show how they recorded it. Oh, and, aren't those great? Um, yeah. There was a in, in the song "Born to Run." There's a there's a drum thing that goes on, and Max Weinberg, the drummer, is talking about. It. He goes, "That wasn't me." That was the original drummer, um, and it's just a little. But you hear it, and you're like, and every time I hear that song now, I hear that yeah that drum thing. And so I love when those documentaries come out to give you the inside story. Um, I would take Metallica's Master of Puppets. Oh was yeah, one of my favorites of all time. Um, I feel guilty for not taking the Beatles because they were such a huge influence. Yeah, uh, on me as a kid. Um, let's see, I got three, I got two more. Go ahead, no, I think of my two, mm, you go. Yeah, let me think of this. Well, Springsteen for me would be Darkness on the Edge of Town. Oh, yeah, yes, I love that album. Yes, yes. And it's not one that has a lot of hits on it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, I was watching a documentary about him as well, and they just sort of rented out this old house and recorded, basically turned it into a recording studio. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, like you said, once you get that backstory, you just have such a deeper appreciation yeah. for the recording. Yep. And yeah, that one I can just always go back to. Um, hmm. it, did you listen to his uh, or read his autobiography that came out a few I did. years ago? I oh, did. wasn't I, that I didn't great? buy it when, I, again, I'm a cheapskate. It came out, it was like 30 bucks. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, God. And, um, I ended up finding it at the Leander Library, which is wonderful. They actually, somebody up there does a great job on ordering really? rock and roll biographies. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I got it and plowed right through it. Yeah. Um, the box set that came out for something had a, a DVD of the recording of Born to Run, which was Ooh, really cool. Yeah. And a lot of those back behind the scenes uh, kind of stories yeah. and things like that. But Darkness, what a wonderful album. I was just listening to, I'm, turning into a sucker for his old bootlegs now um, oh yeah i yeah. have a bootleg from 77 uh to cleveland agora oh really live recording one, yeah oh nice and how he has morphed over the years i loved when he was kind of like that beatnik-y kind of you know hipster um coffee shop kind of guy yeah and you hear him crafting the songs from born to run in their early stages and you hear lines and and, and it ended up being in Born to Run, but you hear those in some of those early songs. Oh, yeah. He changed, changed some of the lyrics. Oh, um, yeah, he's he took uh, Spirit of the Night. He changed that up and did it at a slower tempo and just masterful. Yeah. Absolutely masterful. I heard him talking about... Um, so what's the album uh, that has State Trooper on it? Um, Nebraska. Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Nebraska was supposed to feature Born in the USA, but it was really a way slower version. Uh, I gotta find that recording. Wow, that's yeah. cool. It sounded nothing like, uh, well, I think he plays it live like that sometimes, hmm. how he did it on that tape. Because um, he recorded <laughs> Nebraska on, on a, a four-track four track cassette. Yeah, a little task cam, for, and you hear the chair squeaking in the background. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's one of those that he sent to the record label going, here's what I wanna do, and they said, 
that's the recording we want. Right. We don't want you to doctor it up. This isn't a demo. This is a go. Yeah. <laughs> that has to be a good feeling as a musician. You're going to your label going, hey, here's a demo. And they go, let's just put that yep. out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's we're going right? to go with this. Um, what, what a, I, I kind of lost, not lost interest in him. I don't want to disrespect the guy. I yeah. have a an affinity for the older stuff. Yeah, me Kind of right up until Born to Run, and then I started to kind of lose some steam. Mm, but everything yeah. up to that, I mean, every uh, darkness in the river and Born to Run and uh, um, I can't think of the other one off the top, Wild and the Innocent and the E Street Shuffle. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, kind of, that stuff is just, if you think about a musician, I'm going to write a song. What are you going to write about? Well, I'm going to write about something I did yesterday. Mm-hmm. So if you don't do things, then it's tougher to write songs about them. And I heard Lyle Lovett say this one time. He goes, you got to go out and experience life in order to have something to write about. Uh, makes sense, yeah. Um, it, it, a lot of musicians that go through drug addiction or divorce or things like that, that rock and roll, it, they, they live that bad part, and then they write these amazing songs mm-hmm. coming out of the dark from that. Right, yeah. What an amazing emotion to be able to pour that out of you. Yeah. But if you're just sitting around on your couch watching Netflix all day, you know, you, there's probably yeah, not a whole lot to write about. But you yeah. get married, you have children, you you know, you go out and do things and you meet people and, and, and share. Um, one of the things that's always interested me is that, uh, again, going back to Matchbox 20's first mm-hmm. album, that album, they had their whole life to write that album. Yeah. And then it's done and it was a huge hit. Well, now we need to do a follow-up. Oh, yeah. The, the it's like, man, dreaded sophomore, sophomore album. Jinx. Yeah. Right. So where do we go from here? Um, You've created everything for the twenty-five years of your life and got it done. Yeah, and now you need to. You've got a year and a half or two years to push for a second album. Right. Yeah. Man, it's what a rush! How that, do you do that? that oh takes man, takes a lot of. Unless you've got a lot of demos kind of stored away. You sure. The, these are RBs. Uh, the the latest Van Halen album that came out a couple of years ago. Um, oh, it's, my mind's blanking right now. But those a lot of those songs were songs they had worked on in the past. Oh really? So they kind of dug up you know some old stuff that was kind of working and 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 worked on redidding, you know redidding. Uh, they they redid some of them and kind of breathed some new life into some old projects, which was a different kind of truth. I think that was it. Um, but what a wonderful way to keep some keep some stashed. Springsteen has a yeah. ton of stuff stashed. Oh, I, I imagine he's got just a vault like nobody I, else. I was just at Half Price Books the other day, and I don't want to buy more CDs. Because I have a garage full of CDs. I saw your... Was that a picture of your collection? Uh, no, I stole that. Oh, okay. Because that, yeah. that looks just like my garage. <laughs> Neatly organized, all in racks. You know, it's I wish mine were that three organized. Three feet by four feet. It's enormous. <laughs> and I can't let go of these things. I was trying to find the, the name of that album, but I can't. I'm, I'm not oh, that's swift right. enough. <laughs> but, but yeah, you can't let go of your CDs either. There was a, a Springsteen three-pack fold-out. So it was six oh. discs of all... And I looked and I go... I don't know any of these songs. So it was all throwaway stuff that he, I think was, uh, I can't remember. I want to say 18 tracks, but I don't yeah. think that was it. But a whole bunch of stuff that was never released. Oh, wow. So the amount of, he's like Prince. He's got to be just have That's this true. garage full of awesome stuff that we haven't even heard yet. Oh, yeah. Or, well, and, and probably will never. He's got so many good songs that he gives them away, like Because the Night. Right. You know, gave that to Patty Smythe. Uh, Patty Smythe. Yeah. And uh, his guitar player was furious with him for not recording that song. Oh, really? He's like, you know, Bruce is always worried about being too 
he said it was too poppy. He's like, sometimes pop is good. Yeah. And he would just get so mad at him because he's like, no, no, that's, I want to go deeper than that. You know, you know and, and it's funny you mentioned the pop thing. With all the music I listen to, I am still a sucker for some power pop. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I love Stacy's mom. I think that is one of the greatest songs. <laughs> I, uh, I forgot all about that if, one. If you listen to that, it's, it's yeah. the structure. You know, you go eight bars of this, and then you go into the verse, and then you go right. and it's that structure. And then Katy Perry the same way. Um, uh-huh. Teenage Dream is one of my f- – I love that song. It's, oh, it's, yeah. It's the production. It's a cheesy throwaway. Yeah. But, man, sometimes that power pop is just – well, it just Kate, feels good. Well, Katy Perry, I mean, even though she does pop music, she's a legitimate musician. Yeah, I've, I've heard some of her uh, recordings with just a guitar, you know, and, and she could be somebody just at a coffee shop that mm-hmm. you would go, wow, this is amazing. And, and to start off as a Christian artist <laughs> yeah, and not go that route and go a different way. Yeah. Really. Now, you were, are you still involved with South by Southwest? You know, I haven't done that in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, I, I realized... So I worked uh, at the at some of the bars yeah. uh, that were there, and it was fun because you worked Wednesday, Thursday, and you had either Friday or Saturday off, uh-huh. and then you were done. So the hard part of that was you only had one night off, and yeah. you had a pass that would get you into pretty much anything, which was cool. Right. But once the accident happened at mm. South by, everything kind of got dialed down about 10 notches, yeah. and I, I get it. Um, that night, I was actually working uh, oh, the night really? of the accident. And in fact, my brother was working at the bar. It happened. He was at Mohawk. Oh, wow. So he's sitting right by the door. <clears throat> the accident happens out on the street. And they're banging on the door after the accident. And, you know, he was the one that opened the door. Oh, looked my outside God. And went, oh, my God. What just happened? Wow. Um, I have never seen someone shell-shocked. Oh, and, yeah. And that's exactly my brother was uh, shell-shocked. Right? Yeah. The, the look, he had a... He, he, he couldn't process what all had just happened. They were asking for water and towels and things like that. Yeah. Um, so he, he got done with that and they dismissed everyone. He walked up the hill where I was working and uh, and just sat there. Man. It was uh, uh, incredible. So anyway, after that, yeah. the, the, the level of ta- not the level of talent, they kind of brought it back down to unheard ba- heard of bands for the yeah. most part mm-hmm. and that's when it kind of like ah, okay you know I'm, yeah i mean if i could see lady gaga in a little bar that's really <laughs> that cool. I, cool that's yeah. why i was working for that badge because yeah. i would get to go i would be there in a heartbeat uh but but i i got to see i carried suzanne vega's guitar that was my oh, claim wow. of fame at south by southwest <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty cool i was gonna ask you what you know uh sort of celebrity encounter that, that she was had. it that's yeah. a great i one. didn't even see her um her manager came to the back door actually you know what i think she walked past us but yeah for those of you who don't know, know suzanne vega she had a song uh tom's diner and oh, yeah. um what was the other one luca my name luca. is luca yeah and uh so they come in the back door and we let him in and uh the, the manager had bought uh, two brand new guitar stands. Uh-huh. And it wasn't the pipe kind. It was more of the low-profile oh, right. fold-out ones. Yeah. And he bought them at Guitar Center that day so she could lay her guitar in it and perform. And so they, she goes up and we carry... All she had was those two guitar stands and her acoustic. Walked oh, in wow. With that. She went up and played and did her thing. And when they left, uh, they left the guitar stands. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, ah, all right, well... <laughs> no one's going to ask for these, and they're not going to stay here overnight. I'm going to. So anyway, I got yeah, one of the guitar that is really cool. Yeah. 
<laughs> Some people get autographs, you that get was, guitar stuff. That was my big claim to fame. You know, all those years working in it, it was fun going down during the day. There was, before oh, the yeah. accident, there was so much of a buzz during the day and mm -hmm. things popping up all over. And I would go down and take yeah. pictures and I'd listen to some of the uh, people talk and do the seminars and things like that. Just whatever interest me. Yeah. The year we were down there for uh, the accident, there was a band down there called The Stripes. I don't okay. know if you've heard that. I, I have not. That's on your homework, too. Uh, the band called The Stripes. Butch they Walker were, and The Stripes. And okay. The Stripes. Yeah. These were a bunch of young kids from England, and they are exceptional. They are oh, just nice. a bluesy rock and roll kind of band. Yeah. We saw them. So because they were under 18, they couldn't play in the bars at night. Oh, wow. So they would play during the day, and my brother and I saw them three or four times. Oh, wow. Saw their set, you know, yeah. a couple of different times. And so that's the advantage of working there during the day. Yeah. But, I, you know, we would go down at noon and hang out all day, and then you start your shift about 6.37, you work till 2 in the morning, get back up and do it, yeah. do it the next day. And it was fun. Yeah. It was, it was a very good time, but it kind of lost its steam. I wasn't getting the uh, – <clears throat> it was a lot of time oh, I away. I would imagine. And I kind of considered that a vacation. But I was the older guy with the, with a lot of the volunteers. And so, mm -hmm. for example, one band was playing one time on our stage, and they were crowd surfing him, guitar player. And he's doing his solo, and they're actually crowd surfing him out. Oh, wow. Well, I noticed that his guitar cable was only 20 feet long. This is just something that you know musicians know. Yeah. And it was connected to his distortion box. So if that came unplugged... Yeah. We weren't going to have any more solo. So <laughs> I jump up on the stage, you know, staying low. Yeah. And I made sure that that cable didn't come out of this distortion box. Oh, nice. And all the kids are looking at me that was on the crew. They're like, how did you know to do that? <laughs> I go, well, I could see this accident starting to happen. Yeah. And this is going over really well. And having his guitar unplugged is going to be bad. So I'm like, you guys don't know. You don't know that? Yeah. <laughs> you taught them a lesson that day. Right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but it was fun. Uh, yeah. I liked being in charge of the organization. Mm. I, if I have a love in my life, Brad, it is being around that type of environment where yeah. band shows up. And the, the great thing about South By is that people would come to our door. And this was before Rainy Street exploded. Oh, right. Yeah. And there were still little bars there. Uh, bands would knock on the back gate and go, hey, we're... Um, Cold War kids were going on an eight. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, guys, come on in. Uh, restrooms over here, hot coffees over here. Uh, you know, just to make yeah. them, because they're walking into a, and they're only got an hour's set. Mm -hmm. They walk in, they don't know where anything is. They're yeah. nervous about everything. They're trying to hoard their gear so no one steals it. Oh, God. This yeah. is downtown Austin. Yeah. And they're trying to get comfortable enough to play and make that connection mm -hmm. at the same time they're in a strange land and they're only there for yeah. a few minutes so i liked being the person that made them feel comfortable hey guys my name's sean welcome come yeah. on in. yeah uh, what can i get you oh i need duct tape cool let me go grab that for you bring it right back you know and then you can just see the the stress oh, level yeah. yeah now i can relax because i've duct taped my whatever right um and got that fixed. Now I can concentrate on actually playing a good show. We had a keyboard player one time showed up with a brand new, he must have rented this keyboard and, and it was a big zipper case. And the zipper broke and they were going on stage in like three minutes. Oh, wow. And so he goes, does anybody have a knife? And I go, I have a little pocket knife. He goes, let's do it. So we ended up cutting this brand new $300 keyboard case. <laughs> oh my God. To get his keyboard out, to throw it up on stage, to go. You wow. Know? But again, I like being the, person that facilitates those yeah. things and who's got a nine volt battery oh i got a, i know where they're at 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, you're the fixer. You're like the fixer. Thank yeah. you. Hey, I want to be like that. Yeah, the fixer. You're like that uh, Harvey Keitel in uh, Pulp Fiction. The, you just come in and yes, you're the, the wolf. wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now do this. There you and go. I go to Waffle House when it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> but you could really see people having that level of comfort, the musicians, from, right. from their point of view. And they only got, so they would do, it's top of the hour, band would go on, play till 20 till, mm. they did a 20 minute changeover and right back into the next band. So that, wow. that changeover was real quick. And the younger kids that were I was working with didn't understand what a guitar was, let alone how to handle it and mm. how to hold it and how to case it and let's move their stuff off and the next band's coming up. and. I love that chaos. Oh yeah, that was a, that was a that that was my wheelhouse. If I could do that for a living, I would be very happy. Yeah, I Either could definitely that, see you doing that. Or I could do the outro music on Thursday Night Football. If I could do that, <laughs> <laughs> they just what are we going with this week, right. Sean? Sean, it's all yours. Just trust us. We're going to trust you. You just go with there it. There you go. Yeah, I actually read an article about that guy. It was pretty cool. I, oh, yeah. I was that into it. I went. Wow. You know the beauty of the internet nowadays. Oh yeah, you can find anything out. Oh, and things you weren't even expecting to. I didn't even think there would be anything out there mm -hmm. about this guy. And sure enough, there was a wonderful. Uh, article oh, on wow. him written and told who he was and how he did and what, what his thought process was yeah. when he was preparing that stuff. That's so cool. Was, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Now, one time uh, you told me a story of your South by Southwest days where uh, you were running sound for Mike Snow and you said that they were just the biggest jerks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just total yeah. douchebags. Yeah. They were, <laughs> so I think they were on the point of just. They weren't. They weren't unknown, but they weren't popular. They right. were right at that breaking point where it could launch, uh -huh. and they showed up like they were. <laughs> I don't know the Beatles or whatever. I <laughs> made you know, and just thought they were all that, and I was just not impressed because what happened was they had this spaceship kind of keyboard thing, uh -huh. and we actually saw them put it together. It was like cardboard yeah. with Christmas lights stuck in the back. And from the front, it looked like this amazing piece of Moog synthesizer, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and from behind, it's like this crappy little cardboard thing, you know, that you make out of paper mache and stuck some Christmas lights in it. And I'm yeah. Like, dude, that's, that's, you guys aren't all that. Yeah. Huh? But that was the buzz at the time. Yeah. That was a really, really popular person. For whatever reason, the South by Media buzz. Yeah. Had them, uh, and I, I still, I had never listened to his music since. It just didn't grab me. Yeah. I but, was kind of a fan of, uh, I forget the, uh, the the single that they had out that was all the that, buzz that was the one yeah. yeah and I liked that that song a lot and then after hearing that story it <laughs> it kind of made the stock go down a oh little man bit, right? see I have to be careful what I say well you know my my question here is uh, what artist are you able to completely separate you know the art from the artist where this guy is such a jerk but man he can write a good song because sometimes wow. you let people get wow. away with you know that. who it is it's David Lee Roth. Really? Is he I, just a giant? I, you know, he is a an amazing entertainer. Yeah. And I love Van Halen. I love everything they've ever done. Uh -huh. But he has turned into the sticky, schlocky kind of, hey, man, what's going yeah. on? Welcome to Vegas. <laughs> and I just, I, I'm over that. I'm yeah. so over that. And I love when he gets up and sings, and he's such a part of Van Halen. Uh -huh. But that artist versus the 
performer. I just yeah. I could do without all that cheesy, crappy stuff. And right, you know, just get out there and sing the hits for me, man. And if you got some new stuff, I'll give it a spin. Like the new albums, I was happy with it. Yeah, uh, I. Funny story. There's a so the last tour he would always warm up to the song "Love Train." Okay, get on the love train. Yeah. So someone <laughs> recorded it all tour. They would record him warming up. So there's about forty versions of that back to 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 back. And I listened to the whole thing all the way through. And oh, every wow. night's a little bit different because depending on where his voice was, yeah. you know, he would push a little harder. You could hear him playing around with the harmonies and uh -huh. you know just noodle around with it. But yeah, someone had to the awesomeness to record all oh, of those versions and slap them back to back to back to back and make this two hour track of David Lee Roth singing Love Train over and over and over and over again. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love the internet. The internet is good for some, some Yeah, things. it is. It's uh, got cat videos and all kinds of fun stuff. Speaking of which, I just saw a video the other day of a dog jumping into a pile of leaves and I literally laughed out loud. And, you know, the internet's kind of like, yeah, meh, 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 meh. But this dog, the lady opens up her SUV and this dog lab jumps out of the back uh -huh. and just goes bolting toward this giant pile of leaves and just full on just <laughs> and I thought this is why the internet is a beautiful thing right this yeah. dog jumping into these leaves is why this is all here <laughs> this is everything <laughs> wait you mean it's not for uh, arguing with random strangers that I'll never see in my oh, life <laughs> I get so frustrated with it. I'm learning to because it frustrates me frustrates yeah. me I'm learning to just block it yeah just don't even look um, the political stuff yeah uh, I am I loathe politics Brad right, I hate yeah. everything about it um, I would prefer to put my trust in good people and yeah. my friends to vote in a way no not vote to be more active sure yeah. in in things um, I just I, I loathe it and I can't figure out how they can call each other such horrible names yeah and the minute that's election over well let's shake hands and let's work together it's like you know what you hated this guy yesterday and today you guys are cool so is it all fake yeah on the pre-end or are you lying now just to be buddies with him mm. you know nobody's it's a charade it, I mean, it is <laughs> it's the politics of politics and yeah I, I, I that's cannot, true uh, I, I loathe it I love the I loathe the signage the yeah. Facebook spam uh -huh. uh, the way it takes over the the television commercials I mean what did they yeah. spend the billions oh of dollars that were spent on this um, we could put that money toward a lot better things. oh yeah education veterans I mean anything yeah anything other than signs <laughs> in people's yards I mean is a sign in someone's yard really going to convert you right or, you, yeah. or is that your just way of marking your territory like a dog yeah. lifting his leg say I'm for this guy you know is <laughs> that is. all this really is and hey I, I'm guilty of it all right I've got a make America great again neighbor and I turned my Beto sign like towards his house so <laughs> guilty as charged <laughs> but we're good friends you know it's, that's uh, you know what it, it's that rivalry and it's that fun that yeah. at least you guys can have fun with it yeah um, rather than being angry and violent and, and oh yeah and, and stealing each other signing exactly you know, doing stuff like that. oh yeah fun with it if me and mike can be friends uh, the liberal snowflake and the <laughs> right wing you know trump supporter then right. i think there's hope for humanity yet absolutely i i, I think we need more of that yeah is it you know what let's just at the end of the day, the guy that lives next door to me mm -hmm. is an Alabama fan, and I'm an Ohio State fan, and we tease Ooh. each other all the time, and I love that. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely love that. Is it? You know, they're they're amazing. 
Um, but I, yeah. uh, to be able to joke with your neighbors and have fun with them, right? And, you know, he's not going to make me a fan. And yeah. if he had a political sign in his yard that faced my way, <laughs> I I wouldn't vote for the guy. Anyway, but it's it's that it's that that fun that teasing back yeah. and forth that makes life uh, so enjoyable. There's no need to get angry about this stuff. That no, the, life's way too short. Oh my goodness, it's just I don't know how people have time for all of this. Yeah, there's too much good to be uh, fun to be yes. had. You know, and to exert that much energy in 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 anger and mm -hmm. oh. Wow, everybody calm down. Yeah. You know, well, it is what it is. Right, it find, is. Find a way to take care of your family. Yeah. And for there you, you it would be you and your wife and your daughter. Yeah. And for me, it's my wife and my three kids. And then after that, there's another layer of the onion. I there bring you in go. my brothers and their families and, yeah. and, and, and you know, my aunts and uncles. And then there's another layer of that, you know, friends. Take care of your, your five, your, yeah. th your three. And make sure they have everything they need and make sure you're raising them the right way. And then... Then reach out. Yeah, you know, well, that's really the best out. effect you can have on society, no mm -hmm. matter which side of the fence you're on, is to take care of your family and to try to create as much of a positive life as exactly. you can. That, that's, that is exactly yeah. right. You know, that's your job yeah. as a husband and a father is mm -hmm. to take care of your flock, you know, yeah. take care of your, your your crew first. Right, yeah. And then we're going to branch out, and, <laughs> you know, and it's how old is your daughter now three years old three. just turned three you yeah. know it's amazing when they get older and you start seeing and hearing things back from them that you've taught them ah yeah um, I, my youngest daughter uh, was, we were cooking one time we were making scrambled eggs and I gave her some advice I said uh -huh. Allie you cannot rush eggs and I had read huh. that somewhere once. Yeah. And it was very true. When you're cooking scrambled eggs, you can't just fire up the heat. And it's true. They're they're deceptively harder. Than yeah, it you looks. got it. Yeah. And, and so we were cooking a couple months ago, and I said, "What's the rule about cooking eggs?" And she goes, "You can't rush eggs." And I said, "Oh my lord, I've done my job." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they, they listened, and and it makes sense. Yeah. You know, little, now is is she getting into any of the old man's music at all? Um, not that one. Right. Uh, my son is uh, has an amazing musical collection. Uh, it, we just heard the other day Iron Maiden is coming oh. to San Antonio, and uh, I've I have uh, been. He, he's a fan, yeah, and I'm a fan. So we saw them last two years ago, and mm. as soon as this came out with this new tour, we're we're going back. But yeah, but he he throws stuff on me too. He likes uh, Eminem and he likes rap okay. and hip hop, but he also listens to rock and roll and yeah. I was. He had brought me a song a couple of months ago. I forget what it was called. Oh, it was the George Michael um, "Careless Whisper." I oh, guess it really? showed up in a meme. Huh. And this, and so you hear that sax fountain. Yeah. Rah, rah, rah. yeah. And uh, I go, yeah, that's "Careless Whisper." And I'm like, what? You know, they had no idea where it came from. Oh wow. Um, when Weezer redid "Africa" by oh. Toto, I, I am amazed at the legs that that took on. Yeah. And then yeah. for Weezer to record "Hashpipe." <laughs> and return the favor, or I'm sorry, for uh, Toto yeah. to record Hashpipe. <laughs> that's How that's cool great. I didn't realize they had done that. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know Toto oh, made Hashpipe. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've got to go back and hear this. Here, again, this is what's good about the internet. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the uh, that that is such a great song though, Africa. You know, 
I was in, uh, I forget, some you know fast food restaurant, and I'm in line, and it comes on, and these two hipster guys just start singing mm-hmm. along with it. And it was like, oh, these guys are like 20 years my uh, junior, but they can still recognize yep. that this is a great song. Well, and that came out in, what, 78, 79? Yeah. It's really mm-hmm. old. And that's one of those, uh, we talked about those common interest songs. Now, I yeah. can play that at dinner at a, at a wedding reception. Uh-huh. The little kids are loving it, and the older folks are like, yeah. Yeah, and then they look at each other going that's my song no it's my song and it's like wait <laughs> you know there's a 40 year span between the the you young kids and the older folks yeah 40 years went by and thank god for Weezer for breathing some new life into that and everybody loves it now <laughs> they bridge the gap yeah exactly exactly yeah I wanted to add another song do you remember hearing a song where you were at when you heard it for the first time this kind of goes Ooh, back to the I like this game so I was at a record store in Cleveland one time, uh-huh. and I'm of course I'm shopping through the bargain bin for five dollar CDs. I heard "Dancing in the Moonlight" by Thin Lizzy. Ooh, good one. Yeah, and I was I remember exactly where I was. It was I remember exactly where I was standing. Yeah. Why is that? Why is that? The I can't remember mm. what I did yesterday. Right. But I can remember this from 15 years ago. The exact moment. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I think that's one of the powerful things about music. It it you know it goes sort of like the way that food can bring you back to you know your grandmother's yeah smell yeah or uh, things like that. It just it's the senses you know, Mm -hmm. and they music has such a high resonating factor for a lot of us. Good point. You know, I think that's where that comes from. That's a very good point. Thank you for. Yeah, you're right. Um, some people are visual. Yeah. Some people are more audio, mm-hmm. you know, sensory. And I, I think that's a very good point. I am. So when you talked about Jeff Buckley seeing him play that, the guitar. Yeah. Are you audio or visual or both? What is your. I would have to say I'm, I'm more audio, but whenever I saw him play, you know, it. Um, seeing the technique that he had down uh, was okay. just uh, kind of blew me. I was like, yeah. oh, that's how he makes that sound, <laughs> you know. Um, when you recall memories, do you recall them in video mm-hmm. or still frame? Usually, yeah. That's interesting you bring this up because that's a topic I've been very interested in, you uh-huh. know, as far as memories and, and how we pull those back out of the out of the brain. Out of the vault, yeah. Yeah, for me, I, it's like a, you know, a relay reel or a highlight, you know, that, hmm. oh, let's see, what was I doing when I last heard, you know, this Phil Collins song? Uh, I was in the fourth grade, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it, it, is, it takes me right back to that age, you know? I, I have been realizing lately, I see life in black and white still frames. Hmm. I don't know why, I don't know if that's, I have, I love black and white still. Yeah. Um, but I'm, for whatever reason, when I recall something, I see it as a black and white photograph. Oh wow! Yeah, it's really. Uh, I I don't know why I'm doing that. Yeah. I, here again goes back to don't stop ever learning or questioning yourself or challenging yourself. Um, why? Why? Why yeah. am I doing that? I'm, yeah, I'm cool with it. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, but the why, you know? Because. Yeah. What's steering it down that road? <laughs> so it wasn't always. Was it not always like that? that you, I don't would, think so. Yeah. No, and maybe I've watched so many. Uh, Documentaries in my life of behind the music, or I'm starting to see, you know, uh, I'm starting to play out scenes in my life like a documentary. Yeah. You know, Sean Costarello, behind the music, the fame, <laughs> the glory. <laughs> and with that goes those little black and whites in the background. Right, yeah. Wouldn't that be great to have a behind the music uh, episode about your life? You I know? think everybody should. Right. Think about this. The things that you could leave for posterity. Yeah. If someone did 
your story and, mm-hmm. and our story on you and you could leave that for your kids and your oh, kids' yeah. kids. I have a, a, a recording I made when my kids were really young. So they were could barely talk in the microphone. It was Mother's Day. Yeah. And I, I, I created in GarageBand or whatever uh-huh. I was recording with at the time. Um, had a song playing in the background and I had the kids say, you know, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Oh, and cool. And man, how precious that yeah. is. Here it is, God, 15, 20 years later. Oh, wow. Yeah. To be able to still have that recording and obviously they've grown and changed. Yeah. But good point. Everyone... I think my story is interesting. Oh yeah, and I think your story is interesting. And I think everyone has some story to tell. Why not do a one-hour documentary on yourself? Right. Yeah. And you know, kind of buzz through the early part. I'm reading a book about Cliff Burton right now, the the, oh, the bass, bass player, player. from yeah. Metallica. And of course, the book starts with Cliff was born, and I'm like, nobody really cares about that. <laughs> you know, can we skip to middle school where things started getting crazy and you yeah. started smoking weed and hanging out, you know, you know that kind of thing. And, yeah. But that first early, we can go lightly mm. on the early, unless you have something influential. Yeah, you know, right. Well, he was the son of a queen. Well, we got to talk okay, about no, that. Okay, yeah. that, but we were all you born. Know, not he was born at St. Luke's <laughs> Hospital on a cold day. And, uh, uh, get to the good stuff. Fast forward, yeah. <laughs> but think about that. If yeah. everyone did a behind the music, that could have some photos mm-hmm. or even some video and just a one hour. I'm sure everyone could condense their life into a one hour oh, uh, thing. And yeah. man, you could leave that. Oh, for, that would be great. Yeah. For future generations. My mother was a an amazing genealogist. She had... Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, she was kind of the fa- family historian. And so she had these file cabinets full of records and deeds and and, and um, boat... Um, signing sheets when they would you know the Italians came over on the boat in Ellis Island and yeah. she had this intense research uh, and it's there was so much it's hard to it's hard to plow through it all but oh, wow. she really was amazing at research and she that was one of her projects in her later years was she just took that family research and just went crazy that's cool yeah, yeah she was ancestry before it was cool she really was <laughs> yeah before you could just punch it in on a computer and hit yeah. send and uh have, she did it the old school way have you ever done any of those those uh you know dna mappings or anything you know i've been told my my genealogy and uh-huh. i'm i don't want it to change <laughs> right yeah like I this version of the story I yeah i don't think there's any wild cards in there but yeah you know i know on my mother's side i'm this and on dad's side i'm that and i'm cool with that yeah you know, it's like a quarter of this and a quarter of that and a quarter you know equals a whole right um and so sometimes you know i eat spaghetti every other day of the week and i know that comes from my dad's side and uh, <laughs> i love cabbage and i know that comes from my grandmother's polish side and, <laughs> you know and the red hair comes from my mom's irish side so right. i i'm kind of cool with who i am and in, yeah in my little 25 percenters uh, <laughs> yeah that laid out so i don't want it to change no I, so I I'm, hear kind you. Of, I'm not afraid to to go after that but it would be cool, but if it yeah. didn't come out exactly like I know it, then I wouldn't want to know. Oh, Mr. Costarell, we lost your results. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> my conspiracy theory side just doesn't like that, that I'm basically volunteering my DNA and they're holding it in a database. And even if that company yep. is on the up and up, they could get hacked. Mm-hmm. You know, then I wind up like Stephen Avery. They planted my DNA on a uh, you, Avery. Uh, murder, making a murder. Have you watched have, this show? I have not. Oh wow! Well, you know, it's a it's one of those time sucks on Netflix. Okay, but it's a, it's a documentary. But yeah, he guy got falsely accused and is still in prison. Huh. Um, 
pretty tragic story actually but uh um yeah what, what tv do you watch do you have a couple shows that you like i never miss blank yeah i mr robot is probably the one that comes to mind mr robot yeah it's a there's no robots in the show <laughs> just to let you know because <laughs> when i first said hey kim we should watch this mr robot she's, no because she doesn't get into science fiction I'm, no 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 it's about a computer hacker and he's it's sort of like dexter meets a computer hacker you know he uses his skills for good not okay. evil but he's the tragic hero you know uh he's addicted to drugs and oh, okay. a lot of personal demons but it is a great show um huh. very different it's kind of a you know uh the way they tell the story is not you can't always trust what you see you know kind I of see. thing um but it, it's uh really good what about what about you um i try to limit myself to five yeah and that way the dvr doesn't rack up uh, <laughs> the storage space I'm, I'm weird about storage space um better call saul i was Ooh, a huge yeah. fan of breaking bad and yeah. so i'm really enjoying uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, uh, there is a show called Snowfall wow. on FX. It's about the rise of crack cocaine uh, in Los Angeles in the early 80s. Oh, I see. And it's okay. seen through a kid that learns how to make crack, and then they start to distribute. And oh, It's wow. a really well-done series. It's yeah. an amazing show. Uh, and there's a show with Kevin Costner. I can't think of the name of it. It's uh, it, He's out in Montana. He's a rancher. Exceptional. Okay. That sounds familiar. Um, yeah. Good Lord. I can't. It's on hiatus right now, which is probably why. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't see it. And then there was another one called Fargo. Uh, Fox was doing Fargo. I don't know yeah. if you got hooked into those, but. That's man. another one. That was another one I was going to mention is. Uh, oh. That one fantastic. is one I don't miss. I, yeah. I watch and it's it. been gone for so long. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, I kind of forget it. But, you know, I have it saved in the queue. Yeah. And when it comes back on, I'm sure they'll start popping some commercial. I'm like, oh, goody, 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 yeah. it's coming up. I can't wait. <laughs> but it's been gone for that one's been gone it for has. a while. I did not see the late the last season. I still need to catch okay. up on that. Yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, yeah. they, that's and it's such a departure from the actual movie Fargo. It's yeah, you're right because I yeah. love that movie too. That is one of my. Gosh, one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. I was scared to death when they said, oh, we're going to make a TV series out of it. I said, oh, this cannot possibly live mm -hmm. up to it. But like, you're right. They've changed it enough to where it still has some of the same elements, yep. but it's not trying to be the movie. Yeah. I, and, I, and I love that that the, the accent and the, the <laughs> geographical references that they have. You know, the cold weather, the yeah. uh, don't you know, <laughs> you know, those things from <laughs> yes. the, the upper part of the United States. Uh They've done a very good job. Yeah, I, absolutely. I really look forward to this. Um, I, good Lord, I cannot think of that Kevin Costner series. Um, but it's big sky. I mean, it's beautiful cine cinematography. And, oh, it's just a, he's, a, he's a rancher and he owns half the town. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Let's see if I can find it here. I, I, I wasn't I able to pull up the Van Halen album. Maybe I can make you good on this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I leave home with these things, or I'll leave here with these questions, and then I'll, I'll call you in like four hours and go, oh, I got it now. <laughs> Is it called Montana? No, but it's shot, no. in, it's shot up there. Okay. Hatfield McCoy's? No, that was too... Yellowstone. Yellowstone. There That's we it. go. That's it. If you get a chance. Yeah, I'll have to um, check that out. It's a really, really great show. And, you know, Kevin Costner... I always think of Bull Durham and yeah, you know, I, I, and he does a really nice job with this as an aging yeah. rancher and he's real hard nosed. And, okay. Uh, very, very, very good show. Yeah. Um, let's touch on movies real quick. If you yeah. had to pick a couple movies, well, three movies, what would you take? On my island, I would take 
uh, one that I mentioned in my my scary movie episode, Donnie Darko. That one always has, I have not seen that. It's check it out. It's one of those that uh, some people absolutely hate. You know, because it just sort of ends and and kind of left going, what? I didn't (laughs) understand it the first 15 times I watched it. Wow. And now after, you know, listening to what other people have to say about it, (laughs) people smarter than me, I now kind of, I feel like know what it's about. Um, Gotcha. But yeah, that one's really, really special to me. Um, I, I would take Fargo. I think ooh, that is one of the, oh yeah. for, for, for me, entertainment-wise, I would take Goodfellas. Yeah. Um, when I am flipping through channels and Goodfellas is on, just life stops, and I'm, I've seen it a million <laughs> times, and I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. All those Wise Guys movies, I don't know why oh, those are resonate great. with me. The casino and mm-hmm. all, just anything with Pesci and De Niro, and just amazing. I, yeah. I, I love that. I don't know if I'm drawn to that wise guy thing. I was a big fan of The Sopranos, and I love that too. Oh, that was a great uh, series. Yeah, that was. I was sad when it was over. Yeah. Now, were you pleased with the ending of that? Because a lot of people were not. Um, I think David Chase is able to do whatever he wants. I think the fact that he didn't explain it to us uh-huh. hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he kind of left it out there for you. And so now, you know, the internet starts buzzing. Well, the guy at the bar was a guy he killed years ago and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like having closure, so I would have liked him said, look, guys, here's what I was going for there. You know, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Um, I, I think I heard they're going to do a movie about the early Oh, ones. really? Yeah, so they're oh, going to take uh, uh, Tony's dad mm, and yeah. Uncle June and take them back as uh, when, in the 50s when they oh, were kids. that would so be that, cool. Yeah, so just like this, you know, uh, Saul, better call Saul and Breaking Bad. Yeah, now, let's take it back to an earlier pre-story. We're not going to give you any more of what you just had. <laughs> so yeah. if you're a diehard fan, quit wishing for it. It's not going to happen. Right. However, yeah, we are in the business of making movies and making money. So mm-hmm. what we're going to do is we're going to take you back a generation, <laughs> and uh, fans will, you know, it's something. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> One thing that uh, I've talked about a few times on this show is sort of. The, the future of music and how artists are compensated now. Hmm. How do you feel about like this streaming revenues being so low and what that's going to maybe do to music? Uh, good, good point. Um, I personally have, um, I look at what, what I do in my house. Yeah. Uh, I've stopped buying hard copies of music. Yeah. Uh, I was very good at going through the Goodwill and I, I cherry pick things at a buck a piece. Uh-huh. Uh, I've stopped uh, buying hard, but I do have an iTunes service at eleven dollars a month. Right. Yeah. And I can have anything I want at the tip of my fingers. Mm-hmm. Like again, this morning I listened to Sweethearts of the Rodeo, and I thought, man, I just opened up something amazing. Good yeah. for me. I would have had to have go to a record store and spend money and find it. Instead, on a quiet Sunday morning, I discovered something amazing. Yeah. So I don't know how they get paid from that eleven dollars a month that I pay to Apple. Yeah. But I spun that album today. Yeah. So if they get a couple bucks from it, good for them. I think it's pretty low, but it I am very guilty of it as well. Like I use streaming has opened up a whole new world mm-hmm. of music to me. Like you said, that I wouldn't go out and maybe purchase an album, but I can take a chance on it. Like say Sunday morning, oh let's exactly let's see what this guy put it sounds on in like. the background while you're doing the dishes. Yeah. And, you know, who knows? You might you might yeah. enjoy it. And if you don't, it didn't cost you anything. That's true. I just worry that the musicians aren't getting paid for their well, stuff anymore. You know, really, where, where the money's being made is selling T-shirts and yeah. playing live, and that makes sense. If I'm yeah. a musician, I'm going to go out and play live, and I'm going to tour my butt off. If I want to make a lot of money, I got to yeah. be on the road all the time, there you and go. I need to sell T-shirts, 
and koozies. You know, mm-hmm. this goes back to Kiss and all that marketing with the lunch boxes and the thermoses, <laughs> everything yeah. that said Gene Simmons' name on it. That's true. Know, that's kind of where we're going back to is that yeah. people got to sell Christmas ornaments and uh, you know, canned koozies and yeah, all the other little crap that goes around with you. So you know, if I'm a musician, I want to make money. And, yeah, and I don't want people. I think what's great is that the musicians are able to do it themselves now. Yeah, that's so rather true. than hiring yeah. a company to handle your merch, you're doing it yourself. Yeah, and that's you're, true. And I think that's helped them to increase their profit margin. Oh yeah. Um, same with playing live. <clears throat> they're able to go out and say, I'm going to play at X bar and I'm going to get 50 grand. Mm. Whether there's five people or 5,000, I'm getting my 50 grand. Yeah. So I can pay my band, I can pay the lighting guy, and yeah. my profit is this, on to the next show. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of money, but you're talking about hotel rooms for everyone, yeah. and boarding and, and food. And, well, you know. and you think about um, they their health insurance and oh, everything yeah. else that they have to, to get around with. Um, the music industry has really changed, but I think for all the bad that has changed, there's also some good is that artists have much more control now. Yeah. I read stories of back in the old days some bands like uh, like uh, Ozzy came out with his whatever first album. Uh-huh. They wanted him right back in the studio. So he so in the old days you did an album, then you went out and toured to support the album to sell right. more records. Then you it was a cycle. Then you go right mm-hmm. back into another album, right back out on tour. So you're on this rat wheel. Yeah. Just running constantly. And now the artists are saying Able to say, you know what? No, I'm I'm good for a while. Yeah. I'm gonna pause, and I don't have the wrecking company breathing down my neck. I'm gonna take my time. Yeah. I'm gonna go out and live life a little bit, so mm-hmm. I have something to write about. Yeah. And then I'm gonna take my time in the studio and and, and do a nice job at it. And I think yeah. that really uh, has created a better product. I, I don't know if you remember around back in the late '80s, early '90s, but there were songs that were put on albums that were just it was you could. It was such filler. Yeah, it was you like could tell. Yeah, it was just taking up space, and it uh-huh. was just like, well, we got to have nine songs on this record, and we need one more. So go make something up, and we're going to slap it on as track number ten, and boom, we got yeah. two sides of the album. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, very low quality, but hey, there's something. I got oh to. yeah, yeah. And that came from the pressure from the record company. You say, look, oh, yeah. here's your time frame. Mm-hmm. I know you just got back off tour, but get back in the studio, write another record. You've got three weeks of studio time. Go. Yeah. And as a young artist, you're on that hamster wheel. Oh, yeah. Uh, but now people are able to take their time. And, That's, and yeah. Um, I saw at, at, at the Christmas party, at the Halloween party, I was blown away by the band that played there. I was super impressed with that young man. Oh, he yeah. Was, I that's if I could have a band, that's what I would want. I, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, and what a wonderful front man he is. He has so much energy and singing the old stuff like. Oh that. yeah, that's cool. Just what a great kid. I, it's not often it stops me in my tracks, yeah. and I kind of left the group I was with and went over and stood for probably about a good half hour, forty five minutes, just watched him. Go, yeah. yeah, dude, you've got it. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. you have it. It's funny when you just go to these random places, like a company, uh, you know, party, mm-hmm. or uh, we were at, uh, I don't know, Market Days or something down in Round Rock, and this little band was set up, and they start playing, and I told Kim, I said, that could be the next head in the heart right there. You know, they just <laughs> have that sound. Yeah. You just never know who's going to make it. You Especially know? in a town like this. Yeah. Always got your ears open, and you never know who you're going to walk in and stumble across. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so. yeah. But I, I like seeing people succeed. See people that have it. Yeah. I realized a long time ago I was not going to make any money being a musician. Mm. I was not good enough, and I was not good looking enough. 
So <laughs> that's kind of kind of how I got into DJing too. I was actually able to make some money. Yeah, uh, playing music it wasn't my own music, but I was able to entertain in my own way. And it still is an artistic expression, you know. It is for sure. Yeah, very much is. People ask me if they, you know, do you match beats and you do. Yeah. No, but I know my songs, and I know yeah. when to fade something out. Cut. Into, there's a timing that is really crucial. Not matching 100 beats to 100 beats record yeah. to record, but when the you know song's kind of dying out, and your dance floor's kind of running out of gas. Mm-hmm. And, okay, we're gonna ramp it up. There's just little 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 ways to. You've learned how to blend your music over the years, right? And what works and what doesn't. Yeah, work. you don't create just train wreck yeah. segues. You know, here, here's a good song. Um, Shook me all night long by ACDC. There's that little bit of an intro. Yeah, but sometimes I go right into that first snare drum pop. Yeah. Sometimes I'll start right there and bam. It doesn't give the crowd a chance to go, let's go get a drink. Yeah. They are instantly sucked right back into the next song. So now I've kept them out there for another three and a half minutes. And it's because I didn't give them any breathing room. Ah. That cutting out that first eight seconds of guitar riff and going right into the. Getting some trade secrets. Yeah. So. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a website or anything for your DJ business? You know, I do not. I used yeah. to. Um, I wasn't getting any traffic from it. Oh, I see. Uh, well, you I, you're stay so busy just from word of mouth. I am blessed, I mean, Brad. You I have am, a book of business. I am blessed. I have two people that book me out. Yeah. Um, and I do my own thing. So between the three of them, I am, well, them and myself, I yeah. am as busy now as I was 15 years ago, if not more. Oh, wow. And yeah. I still haven't raised my prices, really. Um, huh. I believe you. that there is not a reason to, for me, uh, to overcharge people. Yeah. I would rather have repeat business and people go, wow, thanks, dude. You really did a nice job. I would have paid double. Yeah. Um, and I part of the reason I get hired is because I'm not expensive. And then I get in and do a good job on top of that. And, oh, yeah. You know, I'm paid very well for what I do, and I am grateful for that, and that's enough. Um, yeah, you're not I, trying to gouge everybody. Exactly. There's no need, you know. And for me, it's extra money, and, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I get to... I get to have fun with it sometimes, and sometimes yeah. it goes to pay bills and pay for the college <laughs> tuition that we're we're working on. But it's part of it's a part of me. I'm yeah. making friends as well as having a good time with these people. That's um, great. I yeah. don't need to do the one and done. You know, you can analogy is baseball. I, I hit a lot of singles. <laughs> I'm a singles right, hitter. Yeah. I'll go three for four every night. <laughs> but some of those guys will go up and hit a grand slam once every 50 at bats. Mm. Like, you know what? That works for you, cool. But yeah. me. I'm a singles guy. Three well, for, you, three you seem four. to do it because you love it. I do. You know, I really do. You know, you're trying to make as much money. You know, as it's possible. second nature anymore. Um, if I have a decent outline from yeah. someone, I will make it happen. Yeah. You know, I take for granted that I do this a lot, and people get married once, maybe twice in their life, you right. know, and and they have to go through this. I want to take that pressure off of them and say, if you just give me an outline and give me about ten songs you want to hear, I got the rest from here. Yeah. And I can see them go. Whew, okay, cool. Right. That's off the list. Now I can go now I can picking worry, out cake or whatever. Right. Now I can worry about the florist or the cake guy. But the music is is covered. And yeah. again, I'm out making friends and getting repeat business because, you know, it's still doing a good job and not overcharging. There's there's no need for to overcharge. Yeah. I mean, everyone is out for money, but I'm, I'm thankful and I like giving back for free too. I get yeah. calls to do free things all the time. Oh, wow. And I'm happy to. Yeah. Uh, if the organization is right and... Uh, as I get older, sometimes I'll ask them to uh, 
help me park closer. <laughs> so I have to go all that way. Well, you have a, stuff you know, you've got a lot of gear, so that's a reasonable request. You know, other interesting thing is I'm getting older and weaker. The mm. equipment's getting smaller and lighter. So hey, it's, that, there's that's this cool. perfect intersection of of technology and physical strength that is it's still evening out. But everything's now in much smaller blocks. It's almost like Legos. Wow, yeah. I, can, I can build a sound system with a bunch of Legos, whereas in the old days, you wheeled in one huge speaker. Oh, yeah. Now you're bringing in four small ones and, hmm. and chaining them all together. So yeah. it's a lot easier on them. And the other amazing thing is that everything doubles in weight at closing time. I don't know if you noticed that when you were with your band. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's um, true. And again, I'll have a drink, so I'm not, I don't drink when I'm out. Yeah. But I could not imagine being drunk and tired and having to load up all my stuff because, you know, even though it's oh, not man. work, per yeah. se, you're, you're tired. You've expelled emotional energy. Sure, yeah. And uh, that equipment gets doubles in weight after midnight, especially. <laughs> speaker that was 30 pounds is now 60. Yeah. <laughs> and you're driving home from Fredericksburg, you know, and you're like, oh, I got a whole other hour on the road. Oh, man. Well, no, that, uh, that doesn't surprise me at all that you do, you know, pro bono stuff because you. you're a super cool guy. <laughs> Thank you. I, I am blessed, and I like to give back. Um, I wrote myself a note the other day that said, I can do more. Hmm. And I kind of took a look at myself, and uh, I can do more. Wow. Uh, I, I, a good example, yesterday the high school was having a, um, uh, a fundraiser, a craft fair, and they put out this urgent notice, hey, we need people to help the vendors break down and get out to the cars. And I was watching the Ohio State game on the couch uh-huh. Saturday afternoon. I had all my chores <laughs> done. And I thought, you know what? I can do more. Huh. And so I finished the game and, and, and went over there and helped them break down for a couple more hours. Oh, ah, good. Yeah. I had an experience when I was off work that I got lazy and complacent. Oh, I had yeah. nowhere to be. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I need people that need me. Yeah, uh, my father was the same way. Is it? I need a reason to get up every day. Sure. Even though I complain about it, and I'm achy and sore, and oh my god, it's six thirty. Uh, yeah. Uh, even though, that, but I need that in my life, and so part of that was 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 giving more and doing more. Um, when our son was sick, uh, we had people that we had the world um, help us. Yeah, and I'm very thankful, and if I can. I can help out you or Project Grad or anybody. Yeah. Uh, I can do more. Yeah, and it means a lot to me. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good good life lesson there. I, I need to <laughs> to do more as well. I, you know, we all probably could, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. Um, um, it may not always be with money, and that's yeah. one of the things that people kind of get hung up on. Is like, mm-hmm. well, I got this, uh, you know, this um, uh, GoFundMe account for this and that and this and that. But sometimes it's 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 you going there and helping people lift things onto a dolly and help people get yeah. to their car. It's just little things like that. It's it's your time and your talent. And I always tell people when I'm talking, especially at the high school, I get a couple opportunities to talk in front of a group of parents for a talent show or something like that. Uh-huh. And I say, guys, one of the things that we really always will need is your time and your talent. You may be a carpenter and we can use that or you may be a bookkeeper and we could use that or even if you can sit and help in the concession stand for a couple hours it's your time and your talent you don't have to go all in and be here and live here and work you know six volunteer hours every other week yeah just 
spot help. Absolutely. And man, it's good for your soul. Oh, isn't it, it though? Really, I mean, really, really is. You get the, the benefit, not the person that you're yeah. helping. You know, it's a two way, but yeah. I, I still, whenever I do help someone, I feel like I got the better end of the part. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I had heard a line once in a John Mellencamp song. It said, an honest man's pillow is his peace of mind. Ooh. Yeah. And that's good. If you can sleep at night and sleep well, yeah. and your conscience lets you, then you've done a good job. And I slept good last night. <laughs> <laughs> good for you, man. Well, hey, I uh, I, appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate you being here. This Thank is, you so uh, much, Brad. I, I really big... appreciate it. And good luck with your uh, your podcast here. Thank Maybe you. We'll do, this, uh, we'll do this again in the yeah, future. Yeah, definitely going to have you back. Good, as long <laughs> as we don't talk politics. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a special thanks for Sean for coming by the Coffee Buzz Studios today. That was a really cool conversation. Um, my new mantra is I can do more. So thank you, Sean. And thank you for listening. I do appreciate that. Be sure you check out my website at thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com. And until next week, thank you very much.